Hey, this is Scott Klosowski. You've landed at The Digital Optimist, a podcast that looks into the future of technology impacts on the world. Yeah, I see a brighter future coming, so jump into a few episodes and see if you agree. This is the last in the learning series. The title of this podcast is Learning to Awaken, The Best Chance to Save the World. And that's really not much of a stretch, by the way, because we can talk about all the other uh, things that are quite dangerous in the world. We could talk about uh, environmental collapse. We could talk about nuclear war. We could talk about lots of things. Uh, what controls any of these uh, is human beings, the human race. If we can learn to be more enlightened, if we can learn to be more awakened, if we can learn to be able to identify the truth of things, uh, then we have the ability to turn anything around or make sure that we got a healthy existence on this planet. So when I mapped out the learning series, which really was just a way to talk about things to be optimistic about in the future, our ability to learn, uh, and we covered some things that were uh, not quite as important, but still important, like healthcare. Uh, one that was kind of a, a little bit funny and humorous, which would be how to fix things. Uh, and now I'm going completely to the other end of the spectrum, which is how can we awaken as a human race? Now, that might be something you say, wow, you know, that's pretty big to tackle when it comes to learning. It's not. It's not too big to tackle. Uh, we all learn to grow, we all learn to awaken, we all learn to become more enlightened at some level. Now, there are some people in the world, obviously, that do almost nothing to grow as human beings, but then there are many people that spend their entire lives just growing as human beings. In this podcast, uh, I really want to make sure that, that uh, I, I share how important it is, this aspect of learning, and then also how many tools we're being given and how the road is becoming much easier to becoming enlightened or awakened, whatever term you'd like to use. Now, I read yesterday that Brad Pitt said in an interview that he loves the Stoic philosophers. Now, I, I do as well. I've read a lot about Stoicism. I've listened to a podcast I'll tell you about later uh, that taught about Stoicism. When I heard him say that, it made me wonder, how did he learn about that? Was there somebody that he knew who was a Stoist? Did he read a book? Uh, did he listen to podcasts? Uh, did he use the same path I did to, to learn about Stoicism? Now, I learned about Stoicism not because I went to tackle that single philosophy, uh, but because I, I have been going through a time in life where I wanted to learn about as many different types of philosophies as I possibly can. Uh, and I am trying to rationalize all of these different philosophies with each other to try to find out what are the general truths, the general themes that you can see across any philosophy. But it did make me wonder, uh, how did Brad Pitt learn? For me personally, when I, again, when I learned about Stoicism, uh, I listened to a podcast, I went to the internet, I did a lot of searching for the history of what Stoicism was. I bought a book, but the point is, Brad Pitt and I don't share much in life probably, but one thing we share is uh, we are both intrigued by Stoic philosophers. So in this last episode, I'm guessing this might be the one that would be mostly debated uh, if people really look at the samples that I did around learning and how learning is something that we can be so optimistic about in the future with all the new digital tools that we have. We now have an amazing ability uh, to learn about spirituality or to learn about becoming enlightened. Obviously, the goal here is to improve how we live on this earth. Uh, we've got a, a plethora of new sources of information. 
The riddles that have to be answered, they're difficult. To become enlightened is not always an easy journey. Sometimes the journey is only started because something terrible has happened in life and we're looking for answers. Sometimes we're just curious. But the journey is never easy. Uh, Becoming enlightened requires us to, in some cases, completely unwind many things that we've been taught. It requires us to believe in things that we've never been able to believe in before. Uh, So this is not an easy subject or an easy topic to learn about. But again, as I said, probably the most critical to any one of us as an individual, also the most critical to the world in general. When you think in terms of spiritual wellness, uh, you know, we all have different aspects of our life. We have the physical aspect and, you know, we have the the financial and our career aspects. We have family and marriage aspects of our life. The spiritual aspect of life, whatever you believe in, uh, becomes critical because it, it, it answers some important questions that we're going to talk about in a little bit. I, if there's one hope that I have for all of human race, it is that they can find the gift of being able to connect to each other, uh, the gift to connect to some spiritual source, and to have healthy beliefs about why we're here or what what our purpose is. That, that is the thing that I hope for more than anything else, because when I think about what causes so much pain and so much dysfunction in the world, in many cases, it's that people just don't know. They just do not understand. They do not have a foundation uh, that is a spiritual connection. Now, I'm keeping this podcast what I would call dogma neutral. Uh, in other words, I, I, I'm not trying to uh, make it be Christian or Buddhist or Taoist or Stoist or Islamic or Confucianist or Hindu, right? Or, or anything else. Uh, this is dogma neutral. I'm really trying to just define spirituality as a connection uh, with, a, with a, a greater power or a connection with each other uh, where there is a never-ending source of love. Each of these is a philosophy or a framework or a religion for living. Uh, the people who follow these systems that I named, uh, they it, whatever word we put on that, it's really people trying to become more enlightened, trying to be more healthy, uh, and to be able to get along with their fellow human beings. One other thing I think we could add is becoming enlightened probably also means building a connection with the earth. If we do not build some type of connection with the earth and the outdoors and nature, then we will destroy the planet, which I don't think is advisable for any of us. So again, when I use the term spiritual, I, I'm wrapping up all the disciplines that I that I named. Uh, if you don't align with any spiritual system, there's still a lot for you to get out of this podcast. Uh, I would just ask that you give me a chance to make point about the importance of the fact that we have tools now to be able to learn to be enlightened uh, going forward, and that those tools are much different than how we would have learned in the past about becoming enlightened or awakened or spiritual. Now, there are five huge questions that most people ask themselves at some point in their life. They ask, why am I here? What am I meant to do? How should I live? In other words, morals or ethics, how should I live? What happens after I die is a curiosity for a lot of people. And then a very practical question about the now, why is this happening to me? So why am I here? What am I meant to do? How should I live? 
What happens after I die? Why is this happening to me? These are often the big questions that send us down a path uh, where the answers really take us towards some type of spirituality. As we become more spiritually connected or as we have more of an understanding of enlightenment, whatever that means to you, uh, we uncover truths, we uncover information that helps us see the world in a different way, hopefully uh, a much better way. The asking of these questions, again, they either come from some type of pain that we are trying to solve, or sometimes it is just curiosity. And the first step is usually trying to discover what source of wisdom can I trust? What source of wisdom will give me some of the, the answers to these core questions? Now, you could be 12 years old and asking these questions. You could be 82 and asking these questions. Everybody asks these questions at a different time. So wherever you are in life, uh, uh, again, I, I'm not trying to use this podcast to try to convert you or convince you to be anything other than to learn. And in this case, to learn, again, what I think is one of the most important things, which is to learn more about yourself, more about some of the answers to these questions. Why are you here? What are you meant to do? And what is the, the framework you should use to make decisions in life? Now, the ability to find these answers, to find the truth with a capital T, is much easier today because of technology. Uh, we've got a growing library of video, audio, text, uh, things we can search for, things we can listen to, uh, things we can watch uh, that will deliver spiritual wisdom. The interesting thing is we're capturing this wisdom now. We're capturing it probably for all time. So even if the person that delivers that wisdom were to die, we still have the recordings of everything that they said. Now, that's creating a wonderful digital library that no other generation had. Uh, when I go online and I search, I, I hear about a, a specific person that uh, was a guru or was an expert in, in, in a certain type of philosophy. I can search for them on YouTube. And the interesting thing is about half the time, uh, they're not alive anymore. But there could be everything from old grainy black and white video of them talking to a group, or it could be video that was shot last year when they did a podcast before they died. It's all still there, creating this wonderful digital library, which is only going to grow. Again, we didn't have that when I was young. Uh, until about 20 years ago, if a person wanted to develop their spiritual beliefs, there really weren't that many choices. Uh, in most cases, you either adopted what your parents uh, did or believed or somebody around you believed, or you went to a local place of worship. And whatever that local place of worship was for you, wherever you are in the world, that might have been the system that you adopted. Uh, the only other option were, was to buy books. Now, you could certainly go to the library, you could buy a book, and then you could read about any other type of spiritual path that you might be interested in. But the reality is human beings, they collect. They collect as a group, and they like to learn sometimes as a group, especially when it comes to things that are spiritual. So it would be, it would be much more normal. For somebody to have reached out to friends or family or to have gone to a place of worship, like I said, that was close to them or that somebody else went to or that they were invited to, than to have bought a book and just simply read a book about some type of philosophy. 
Man, you can imagine that is so much different than today because today, any moment that you decide that you would like to learn anything, if you have a device, then you will have access to that wisdom and it will come in many different forms. Uh, There will be choice between thousands of different sources instead of just a a handful of locations that would be within driving distance that, by the way, uh, in most cases only have services on a a Saturday or a Sunday or, or or a Wednesday. And so the moment that you would like to learn or when it is most convenient for you to learn might not be when that location actually gave you an ability to learn. So spiritual wisdom comes in many different flavors today. Uh, One of the things that I think in the past uh, was a problem is that we would stubbornly make whatever flavor we learned right and others wrong. We can see with the young generations coming up now that they are very accepting of the, the other ways that people might think. They don't come from a place as much of thinking, well, whatever I learned is correct and everything else is wrong. Uh, I love this about the young generations right now. They are willing to give other philosophies or other ideas at least a chance, at least a listen, and see if they can integrate that into their current thinking. I believe there's a real immaturity to settling on one philosophy or one religion in life and not even studying or reading any other and just saying, well, whatever I landed on, it must be the best. And certainly nothing could be better than this one. Uh, there's just an immaturity in that. And, and again, I'm not trying to dis- besmirch uh, somebody who might be a Christian who believes strongly in God. Uh, if that was the first religion that you developed and uh, that is working well for you and you 100% believe in it and you've uh, God speaks to you, uh, that's fantastic. There's still benefits to actually learning about other philosophies and other religions just to be aware of where other people come from. And in a lot of cases, learning about other religions helps you to understand uh, that maybe people that are different than you still believe in a God, still believe in a higher power, still believe in ethics, so that you don't think that they are that much different than you. Now, there's wisdom that has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, if you think about Confucianism, we're talking uh, about predating uh, Jesus coming to this world. And so, one of the interesting things I find is just learning about when did the philosophies or religions start, how did they start, when did they start, just having some type of historical context for things like that. If you really step back and think about it, what are the odds that you gravitated towards the exact one thing that was the right thing that was taught in your neighborhood that your family chose that was the belief system that was perfect and that everything else was wrong? If you just think about it analytically, uh, there are people all over the world, and if everybody said that, if everybody said, well, whatever house of worship I went to, whatever I was taught uh, by my parents when I was young, it's right and everybody else is wrong, it's not, it's not only immature, it's dysfunctional, because certainly it, that cannot be true, uh, and it just sets up a situation where the world has hatred for each other uh, simply because um, they one group might call uh, Allah or call God Allah, and another group calls God God, and uh, th- and that that is enough for there to be almost no understanding between them. Or there's always people that uh, will say ignorance is bliss. 
that they really have no religion that they follow, no philosophy, no attempt to become enlightened. Uh, and I suppose sometimes the ignorance of universal truths around the world uh, could be said to be, well, it's just plain ignorance. But I do not believe that that necessarily is uh, the right way to go. I don't believe ignorance is bliss. Uh, I believe knowledge of the truth, the truth with a capital T, is probably much more blissful. Uh, I personally take the time to study many different types of religions and philosophies. Uh, by the way, I, I'm even intrigued by the, the fact that some things are called a religion and some things are called a philosophy and that there's a difference. They're all just a way of life. Uh, I found that, that for my, my understanding to make sure that I know different spiritual disciplines. And again, to be able to understand the common ground across all of those is important. I know I don't have all of the answers, uh, but I sure have better viewpoints now than I had a few years ago. Uh, so if I take myself as a case study for learning and what digital tools have brought to me, and I look at what I'm able to do today versus what I was able to do in my 20s, for example, uh, it's pretty easy to look forward and be optimistic about what I see coming. I guess specifically what I would say I am optimistic about is this intersection between the desire to become more enlightened and the resources to actually get spiritual maturity. When I say the desire, again, think about uh, the, the younger generations and how accepting they are of ideas other than their own or other than they've grown up with. That, that acceptance of other people or acceptance of other ideas is the first step that allows them to have a desire that when they say, I want the answer to those critical questions that I mentioned before, uh, and so they have that calling inside of them, they will also have an easy ability to reach out to many resources instantly. They can go to a church, they can go to a house of worship, they could go to an ashram, but they also could just get in their car and listen to a podcast every day on the way to work and every day on the way home. And after about a year or two of listening to podcasts like that, it'll be amazing how much they will know. And their beliefs will not be anchored in one person, one guru, one pastor, one minister. Their, their, their beliefs will be anchored more uh, in, in being able to check in with their soul or the, a higher power, whatever it is that you believe, to be able to see what, me, what does sound truthful to me? Again, I think there is a danger to making one person here on earth your God. One person that you listen to, that you went to church, and now you believe everything that they say without checking that. Much less take it up a level one belief system, and that you only look at one belief system, and that's all you know. If we choose to be untethered from believing that uh, whatever it is that we learned on this weekend, right, or whatever we learned from the house of worship we went to since we were little kids is the only way, if we become untethered from that, there is a world out there of interesting things that we can learn that will help us to be better people. Now, I can tell you at this point, I go to church, I read books, I listen to many podcasts, I watch videos on YouTube. I search for specific pieces of information on the internet. I have conversations with other people who might know more about me on a specific topic. It's the integration of all of these that's helped me to form my ever-improving worldviews. And I'm so grateful for all the people who have recorded content, who have put it on the internet, so that I can go get it anytime I want it. In an immature society... Again, people will only learn the answers to life hard questions 
by reading one book or going to one place. Uh, a more mature society will have a little bit more breadth and depth when they go to look to be enlightened. When we see more people taking advantage of this, I, I think what we will have is people who are more well-rounded, who become enlightened uh, in, at a faster pace, people who are more accepting of each other, people who are more loving towards each other, uh, people who uh, can listen to a concept or an idea and put it into a context uh, by ruminating on it and seeing if it feels like it makes sense to them as opposed to making decisions by rote because somebody else put a framework onto them. You know, again, what I'm, I, I, I am optimistic that we are headed in the right direction, that we are making progress. Uh, although we have an increasing amount of complexity in life just to survive, uh, and it's getting harder and harder just to live here and to be peaceful and happy, at least balanced on the other side of that are all the tools that we have that we can go learn. And as I said, a younger generation who I believe is sharp enough to continue to look for the answers. But even again, if you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, you likely have some type of digital device, some type of internet connection. And any day you could decide to look up some philosophy other than what you grew up with, possibly, and read about it and see how it might be consistent with what you learned. And then look at another philosophy and another and see how many of them have real general principles that, that would uh, cause you to follow. These questions, this why am I here? What am I meant to do? How should I live? What happens after I die? Why is this happening to me? The philosophies don't all agree. Some have different viewpoints. Some don't. Some, some agree pretty completely on what they mean. The important thing is just to be able to learn. You know, growing up in school, I was taught many things. Later on in life, I found out some of the things that I was taught as facts were actually not facts. Now, that was either because they did new studies, they discovered something new. But when those things were taught to me when I was in K through 12, they were taught to me as if they were absolute facts. It was only as I got older and as I got more mature that I realized that not everything that they taught me was a fact. Some of the things that they taught me taught me were out of books that were written um, that later we would learn didn't hold the truth. This is a problem when we get into spiritual types of conversations. Uh, because again, we might fall in love with one type of philosophy, and then we believe everything in that philosophy, only to find out later that there were parts of the philosophy that might not have been true. Again, this is why it's so important that you look at a variety of different channels and sources to be able to triangulate towards what is truth true for you so that you can find love, so that you can find peace. Answer the questions that I've mentioned twice now. There are many paths to awakening, and there is a lot of easy access to learn today what we need to be awakened or enlightened. And again, as I've said, this is the most important area for us to learn. I love that we can get all of this for free. I love that we can get all of this wisdom instantly. And I sure see the difference today from what we had 20 years ago. I can only imagine what it will be like 20 or 30 years from now, how much richer and deeper the information will be, how many more podcasts, how many more videos on YouTube there will possibly be. 
So if you think you need a, a stronger spiritual life, if you're listening to this and uh, you're saying, wow, uh, I really haven't done a lot of that work. Uh, I'm not sure I have any type of spiritual connection or any type of a uh, path to enlightenment, but it's been lurking in the back of your mind. Let me at least give you a place to start. So obviously, you can use podcasts. That's a great way to do it. Uh, some people love podcasts. Some people like to read better. But if you like podcasts, if you have time in the car or time while you're exercising, time when you can listen to the podcast, what I would suggest you do is subscribe to a few different types. Subscribe to some Christian podcasts uh, where you where you would hear the Word of God, uh, maybe sermons. And, and find somebody who you uh, feel comfortable listening to and listen to those and and broaden not only not only listen to something that, that is Christian uh, listen to something uh, that is Buddhist and understand uh, the principles of Buddhism how it was developed read up on the history of it read up on the first Buddha read up on why the first Buddha started Buddhism uh, and then read up on what some of the important principles in Buddhism are. And look at how those compare with Christianity. And then read the Tao Te Ching. Understand what a Taoist is. Read some of the wisdom from the Tao. And again, I mentioned Stoicism. There is a great podcast called Stoicism on Fire. It's about 38 episodes. And if you start at episode one, it walks you through a lot of the information that uh, would help you understand Stoicism. So I would sure look to look look to listen to podcasts uh, as an easy way that over months and months you can consume huge amounts of information. Obviously, you can read, you can download books, you can even go to a library if you still like to go to a library. Uh, you can go to other places of worship if you just want to experience, and I highly suggest that as well. It's a little difficult to understand other people in the world uh, when you refuse to go look at the way that they worship. I've always enjoyed when I go to other countries, going to other people's place of worship and just experiencing it. And it's not a matter of me trying to figure out is one right or wrong. It's just a matter of going and getting a good sense of what it is like. Look, these things are not going to infect you. They're not going to pull you into some terrible direction. Uh, it is all about learning. But I guarantee you, you will feel the truth. I think we, I believe we all have some inner guidance inside of us that pulls us towards the truth. Uh, but it's difficult for that compass, that inner compass to pull you towards the truth if you do nothing to put truth out in front of it where it could pull you towards something. I think any philosophy or any religion that has love as a foundation, if it has love as a foundation, I think that that will be something that is healthy and it is worth learning. If it does not have some type of love, loving your fellow person uh, at its foundation, uh, that I worry about the truthfulness of it. Again, I'm not here to impeach any type of philosophy. I just find that uh, most philosophies have some component of love as a foundation. As you learn, you will be a better example for other people. If you are willing to just set aside a little bit of time every day while you're driving or when you wake up in the morning, when you have a few minutes, uh, if you replace something that you're reading or watching today that's not bringing a lot of value to your life with something like this that can bring a lot of value to your life, uh, people around you will notice. They will notice maybe that you are different, but they will just notice the example that you are setting as far as what it is that you're choosing to learn. And when you do that, it will ripple out.
and it can make a difference in the world, probably in a way that, that would be hard for you to even see. This is why I say, of all the things that I'm optimistic about in the future, the ability to learn about how to become enlightened or how to become awakened, to have all the tools instant, instantly at our access for free is an amazing thing for the human race. I hope you'll take advantage of it. I hope you don't listen to a podcast like this and then go back and do nothing differently. Please go back, try to find something that you can learn about that will help you to answer those questions. Again, why am I here? What am I meant to do? How should I live? The morals and ethics. How do I make choices? What happens after I die? And why is this happening to me? Please take advantage of everything that we've got and the digital optimism I have for the future will come true and uh, you could be part of it. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at sklosowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklosowski.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents, and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.